All right, good morning, everyone. All right, good morning, everybody watching and listening in Facebook land and online at NorwoodFMC.com. We consider you part of the family. Now, before people click away from this or whatever, this is going to be a very tough subject today. It is one that you don't hear a lot of people talk about because I could very easily head off into hereticville. It's a hard thing to talk about. This is one of those where I expect you to have a tissue potentially, okay? This is one of these things where... This has been one of the largest areas and issues that I've seen people's lives turn around completely 180 degrees. I mean that. I've seen healings. I've seen actual miracles take place on this here subject. And so I got three little things to touch on, but the last one is the one you got to stick around for, okay? So settle in with me. Um, family that's here, please please interact with me. This is a dialogue. Not honestly, don't shout at me. That's distracting, but you know what I mean. Um, I want to start here. This is where we start. <clears throat> okay. We start with Brian. <laughs> there we go. That's right. Brian, yeah, you'll give us a slide. I'll read it to you folks because I know my whiteboard's in the way. Let's make this very clear, Facebook people, okay? Salvation is found in no other, no one else, says the book of Acts 4.12. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which men must, we must be saved. Guys, you can dig into the rudest of the language when you look into these words. And when it means no one else can save you, that's exactly what this means. It means AJ can't save AJ. It means that Muhammad is powerless. It means that whoever the Jehovah's Witnesses are telling you you can become a god, they're lying to you. This is what this means. And it's 2018. We don't have time to, to pussyfoot around, okay? All the other systems, and I'm saying this online, this is dangerous stuff, but are false, there's one king, and it's Jesus Christ. And every knee will bow, whether voluntarily or involuntarily in this world. It is absolutely true. Not because I want it to be that way. Do you understand? I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up watching this stuff. I had no idea. But dear God, somebody loved me enough to tell me, hey, there's a king. Number one, he's awesome. He's not like these other people who want your, your, your whipped self, you know, servitude. He calls you friend. In fact, his followers, if you notice, they call him good father, and they love him, and they say things like, I love you, Lord. Other systems, they're, they're strapping bombs to themselves to try to please their faraway God who doesn't actually exist. But salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men. Jesus is a gift to us. Yeshua of Nazareth, or Yehoshua, we're still debating the way it would really have been pronounced in his language. It's a gift to us, not a burden, people. Guys, if you're listening, this is not a burden. And no one's asking you to join a church. No one's asking you to, to, to do anything except believe that he is who he says he is. That, that's where everything starts today, guys. Only in Jesus Christ is there salvation. This is what they call the gospel. It's great news. It's great news. Let's go to the next slide. I want to show you something. That we're forgiven for everything. No, AJ, 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 how do, you, how do I get saved? It's not by coming to church. It's not by liking AJ. It's not by doing any, watching certain things or voting a certain party. It's this right here. Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God did raise him from the dead, you'll be saved. And guess what? I didn't say it. I just read it. And so AJ departs from this earth, let's say 80 years from now, <laughs> right? And boom, and I wake up and, God go, and God's there and all his light and all the universe is flowing through him because there's still creation going on at the edge of the universe. He's still creating. And he looks at me and he goes, what right do you have to be here in my house? Well, God, you said that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead, 
that you'll save me. That's the right answer, my son. Absolutely. Because I said it. It's about, God says it's about who I am. Right, guys? It all starts there. If you're not there listening to Facebook, and this isn't an easy thing to do. Did you hear some of the things I just said? Boy, I'd get, I'd get metaphorically crucified in some states of this world for just saying what I just said. But wow, I, I believe it enough to actually lose friends and family members' favor over it. But here's the thing. That's all you got to do is just say, you know what? I'm done fighting. Jesus, you are the Lord. I'm not the Lord. And all these other systems are not going to get me where I need to be. And Lord, you did do what you said you did. You're not a liar. When you said that Christ rise from the dead, you didn't lie to us all. And if we don't believe that, then we're calling God a liar. That's the truth. No, Kirk, you didn't drop that deer this year. I told you very clearly, I shot the deer, I took it down. I choose not to believe it. You're calling Kirk a liar because he said he did something and you're bringing it into dispute. Either Jesus lived, died and rose again and is capable to save you or he's not. Now choose. Choose this day whom you will serve. Nobody's coming at you, dude. If I seem intense, you all just know this is my mannerisms. At 17, someone loved me enough to tell me this and it changed my entire life and my destiny in eternity and my family and now here I am. Like what? Because somebody loved me enough to tell me. So, oh good, they even brought me a thing. The reason I talk about all this is because forgiveness starts here. Boom. It comes from here down. Can you see that, y'all? I'll make it a little thicker. We're gonna make a little picture today. And I'm going to talk about something really difficult. <clears throat> From here down, you have to know that this is true. Tonight when you go home, when you used to think about your failures, all those things that you used to do, we're going to talk about this. You need to understand this. You will be saved and you are truly forgiven. You have to receive that. If you've lived in a system, there are systems out there where you can't know if you're saved. Can I tell you something? Then you have no power. You have no power to become the person you need to become. Am I right? Because we fight from victory, we don't fight for victory. And if you're doubting if those songs we sing are true for you, you're not going to see any change in any victory in your life at all. God loves you, but not me. No, you got to get that. So, you can do this any day. You can say, Jesus, I choose to believe you are who you say you are. Forgive me of all the wrong things I've done. Come into my life and save me, lead me, and guide me. You can do that at any time. In fact, people could be doing that right now as they watch this video. And I suggest that you do that. And if we get on that same page, we can move forward. So, what's next? What is expected next of us? We know that we're forgiven. Let's do this. I'm going to tie this all together, guys. Colossians 3.13. Then God says this, bear with each other and forgive the things that happen. Forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So once you get adopted into the family by doing what I just talked about, you're adopted, you're secured, done. The papers are signed, you come home. What happens next? The same thing that happens in any adopt, adopted parent child. You learn how to become a child of that family, right? How do we do things? Well, we have dinner at six o'clock. You don't hit your sister. We don't use that sort of language. It's not who we are, right? It's not, I mean, even step-parents, don't you do that? When you come into a life, you, 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 the best way to blend a family is not with a blender. It's, it's with a slow cooker where they all blend together. It's true. <laughs> Bill liked that, but it was a good metaphor. It's a good, don't, don't mash the blender. You will respect me. No, 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 no. Just let it happen. You stay you, you stay you. How are we gonna make this thing work together, okay? Same thing with us, guys. You may have come from a church system where you do this one thing, you're bad. You're out of God's favor again, and then back in, and then yo, 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 right? Anybody ever felt that way? It Doesn't it suck? Isn't that awful? If that's what Jesus came to give us, it ain't so good. Good in the good news. Guess what? It's not true. That's religion. That's man-made religion. That's man's attempt to try to earn God or how to earn his favor. No, that's garbage is what that is. The Apostle Paul would call that scubulon. And if any of you know Greek, you know that I just swore at you all. <laughs> Get away with it. It's a different language. He would call that crap. He would call that garbage. 
He would. He would call that garbage. Don't try to earn God's favor. Learn how to become a child of God. Now, here's the deal. Forgive one another. Life is dirty and messy because people are broken and messy. You're going to get hurt. Mom's going to say something that's going to crush you, and that sucks. But it's your choice to either remain offended or get it off you. And I'm telling you, in the family of God, now that you're my son, now that you're my daughter, you got to forgive people. you got to walk around in a state of forgiveness. Receive it from here and then give it here to here, one to another. And this is our king. This is our Lord. This is our command. Give it one to another. Forgive one another, guys. You can choose to be unoffendable. And if you don't believe me, there's a great book about the, out there called Unoffendable saying, you have, no, you don't have a right. Because when you're offended, th- that... It's an entitlement thing where you're like, I, I, I'm better than that. I, I, I shouldn't be treated that way because I'm more valuable. And God says, consider these people around you more valuable than yourselves. That's what offense is. It's I don't deserve to be treated that way. And it's like, well, number one, you know what I'm saying? Who said that? And nobody's coming at you. But maybe it's because you look at that person over here as down here or not as here. If we truly found each other equal, then these words can easily bounce off one another. You value me, I value you. I don't need to remain offended. Does that make sense? Offense is a way of control. But anyway, we don't have that today. We need to set prisoners free. Now, I'm just touching on this. You notice how quickly I'm building this? Because my third point is my major point today. Forgiveness has a lot of, has a bad rap. Um, Matthew 18, please, 21. Peter came to Jesus and says, hey, you're talking about this forgiveness thing, but you don't know what they did to me. So how many times should I forgive the person who blatantly hurts me, literally sins against me? Up to seven times, as the law says? No, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. And he's not giving you a mathematical figure, guys. He's giving you a heart posture, which is this. A brother or sister who comes to you and is sincerely sorry. Look, I'm sorry. I said that again. I screwed up. I'm trying to get my temper. I forgive you. Now, if you need to rewind two weeks ago and listen to the message where this guy right here said, sometimes your best life is you need to build boundaries out of respect for yourself and love people from over there. This is not contradictory. I I love you, sister, but y'all can't be in my house all the time because you keep hurting me. So I'm going to love you and I do forgive you, but over there. But I want to know over there. And Jesus demonstrated this. Peter, James, and John were his inner circle. And then he had the outer ring, didn't he? Not everybody gets intimate access to you, but they all get your forgiveness. That's good. Bruce, can I get a little, yeah? Hell, hell, come on. See, but you get these things confused. The next thing you know, you're abused or you're cold-hearted. Don't swing either. Forgive you, but I need to have you in a proper place in my life. And everybody, go back three weeks, and that was proper relationship placement. We just talked about that. It's almost like a series we're doing here, which is crazy. Um, There's a role for everybody in your life, but you need to establish where they are so that you can live in a place of forgiveness and love them, but also respect yourself with boundaries. Good, right? So forgiveness comes from here down to realize that through Christ Jesus, you are truly forgiven, which, again, I'm going to show you more of those. And then we forgive over and over and over again. Forgiveness is this. It's not saying that things is right, that they did is right. And it's not forgiving and forgetting. That's not it at all. Because Jesus doesn't forget our sins. He casts them aside. He doesn't look at stuff. Yes, he looks at us and sees Christ Jesus. Absolutely. He chooses to look through them. Do you understand what I'm saying? He casts them into the sea of forgetfulness, blah, blah, blah. But I'm saying he chooses to love us in truth. Forgiveness is not going, la, la, la. Nope, didn't happen. No, no, no. It's choosing to love the person despite what they did to you. And, ready? It's releasing. Let me, I wrote this really well. It's releasing your right to punish or collect what is owed to you. You owe me because you hurt me. What, what do I owe you? You owe me a couple drops of blood. Yeah, it's true. 
I had this idea the other day, almost like a tennis match, where someone goes, and they hurt you. So you return it right back to them. You owe me. Some people are still returning a wound over and over and over again. Right? You see him again and see that person. I want to hurt them. Why? Because they hurt me back there. But you already jabbed at them. You ignored them. You withdrew your love from them. You struck them three times. They struck you once. Yes, but I'm still striking them because they owe me. I deserve payback. He deserves a piece of my mind. The silent treatment. That's a good passive aggressive one right there. Forgiveness is putting down the weapon that you use to return the offense. Is that good? Man, put me on the floor yesterday when I wrote that. Bang, boom. Some of us are still returning the same serve over and over and over again. And Jesus says, put down the racket now. But God, you didn't say what they did to me. Yes, I did. But you're dragging around their dead body. Anybody remember I had Lennon's handcuffs that one time? Do you remember? Forgiveness is simply handcuffing yourself to the person who wounded you. Because they're not losing sleep thinking about what they did to you. You are. And you're dragging a dead body around. And if you really want a, a, a disgusting biblical picture, I'm sure you do, what they did back in the day to torture some of the Christians was they would literally strap a cadaver onto their body in prison. And it would, I know that's gross, but it would decay. But guess what? It would decay living flesh that it was touching too. That's what death does. That's what unforgiveness does. It spreads. And it'll take the life out of you as well. Do you understand? The only way you can be free from that offense is by letting the person out of prison. Again, they're not losing sleep over you. Oh, their blood doesn't boil when they see you. They got away with it. Release your right to punish and to say, give me what you owe me. No more blood. We're forgiven because of what Christ did. We consistently live in a place of forgiveness. There's another one here. People don't really touch on this one, but this still isn't the hard one. This is about forgiving yourself. Lots of us can do this. We can even do this. But boy, we suck at this. Wow. And I did a whole message about this. Jesus says, love others as you love yourself. Well, what if I don't love me much? That bar is really low. And I could get to heaven and go, I did. <laughs> I don't love me very much and I didn't love her very much. Kept it. Kept it. And Jesus would go, you're missing the point here. You're a child of God too. Why did you not value this child of God? as I commanded, but you valued everybody else. You let everybody else out of prison, but you didn't let yourself out of prison. If we trust Jesus to forgive, we have to give it to Christ and not take it back. First John 1, 9, I think. This has to do with this and this. First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins. In other words, ready, ready, ready? Face them. That's what that means. Don't give it churchy. You certainly don't need to go in a booth with, with this guy and say, forgive me, dude, for I have sinned. No. Father, I really blew it. I yelled at Alex yesterday. I'm sorry about that. Father, I did this. I did that. It's acknowledging it, not running from it anymore, okay? I'm addicted to this thing right here. It's got me. Why are we so scared of that? God's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm just, I can't, did you hear that? Guys, did you see? She's addicted to that. Yeah, he's real shocked. He's real shocked by that anger you're harvesting, right? That coworker that drives you nuts or, or the, those words that you spew out. Yeah, he's real shocked. No, it just means face it. Stop acting like they don't exist. I'm addicted. I'm short-tempered. I'm whatever it may be. You know what? He has chosen to be faithful and just. And he has said every time, I will forgive. That's nothing to do with you. It's who he is. Why does God forgive? Because he's forgiving. Why does God love you? Because he's loving. But I, oh, 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 God loves you because he's loving. That settles that. On a good day? What? What? What about you? It's about who he's chosen to be. He's faithful and just. He'll forgive your sins and purify from all unrighteousness. What does that mean? It's as though I went out every, well, 
every spring we'll go out to the sandbox, which is more of a mud box now, as it happens. You know, it wasn't proper sand. It was Parrishville sand because I didn't want to spend the money. <laughs> she didn't like that much. We'll go out and inevitably there'll be toys that at one time were the coolest toys in the world, right? Even if they came from McDonald's. And they'll be just manky. They'll be just coked and yuck from all the winter. So what does daddy do? I go get the hose. Right? God is new. Purified. From all unrighteousness. It's no longer dirty. It's not. So stop acting like it is. That's where we're at with this right here. If you're purified from the things that you've done, 10th grade, 12th grade, 18, whatever it may be, okay, or yesterday or today, if you confess that it's gone, you're purified from it. Stop acting like you're still covered in dirt. Good or what? It's true. I do this. I'll just keep owning things. Well, uh, uh, the dentist thing. Okay. You want to know what I felt when I found out my son had a bunch of cavities? I felt like a really bad parent because I'm not a neglectful parent. In fact, I'm the other way. I'm, I'm, I got to not be a helicopter parent. How did I miss this? He's here because I failed him. That's how I feel. Well, okay, so you didn't know about the fluoride thing and you didn't know about f- flossing to that extent. I always thought it was just kind of, eh, we don't really need to. That's what I thought. So I thought to myself, yeah, great, dude. You're awful. You're terrible. I did, honestly. And I had to go to God with it and say, Father, I, I let him down. I, I should have known better. You know, I'm up. And I could almost feel, feel, Lord, it sounds like my voice inside of me, basically say, like, you got to forgive yourself, man. Okay, all right, I choose to let myself off the hook. I'm not going to punish myself. I'm not going to demand payment. Uh, I'm not going to keep thinking about it and wallowing about it. I, for, uh, I confess it to you, Father God. And he goes, okay, so if you've given it to me, don't take it back. You've handed it to me, these feelings of guilt and shame. Don't reach back and start take them back again and then start thinking about them when you're trying to go to sleep at night. Don't do that. Because you're cleansed. Stop acting like you're not. Right, guys? We got to love ourselves. We got to love ourselves. We're born into his family and we have this option. Let's look at uh, a couple Psalm slides. Really want you to get this before we go into our final point. The Lord has chosen to be compassionate and gracious. He's slow to anger. He's abounding in love. He's not always going to accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our inequities. He doesn't do that because of who he is. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear and acknowledge him. Fear doesn't mean trouble before him. Fear means trust his intentions. That's what it means in, in this Hebrew right here. So, so great is his love for those who choose to trust him as much as they can today. Some people are, are two, two minutes old in the kingdom of God. Other people are 20 years old. Where you are in your trust for him that's what he's talking about. As far as the east is from the west, so far as you r- removed the things we've done from us. How far is the east from the west? It's infinite, right? You can't, you can't even calculate this thing. It's beautiful stuff here. As Father has compassion on his kids, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. The way Justin looks at Roman. And even if he's being a doo-doo head that day, we still love our kids with everything we have, right? Even on his worst day, if somebody walked in and said, you were him, me, absolutely. Let me kiss the kid. It's that simple. My love is upon him. It's settled. Yeah, but what if he... My love is upon him. It's settled. What if he stops talking to you? My love is upon him. It's settled. This is who I've chosen to be to those who trust me, says the Lord. Next one, Bira. Before he knows how we are formed, remembers that we're dust. And there's the beginning of it all. Some of you hold yourselves to such a high standard. Guilty. That if I drop one of these balls that I got juggling in the air, I don't give myself grace at all. It's true. It's terrible. 
because if this isn't here, then it'll destroy everything else. And you notice how God does, does things in ecosystems? He does things in groups. That everything is always connected. My love for me will affect my love for you. My love for you will affect my love for God. Do you understand that they're always connected and inter- interweaving? If, I'm, if I can't do this and give myself grace, then I'm not gonna be able to dole it out to others as well. If I live in a place of forgiveness, that's where I can forgive. Do you understand about that, guys? This is a big deal. Okay. I guess the only way, let's look at the picture just for a second because this is my brain. Yeah, it's like 2 a.m. and you've had a long day and you should go to bed. Wait, here's a bunch of regrets and things you hate about yourself. Let's talk about them for a while. Does anybody ever do this? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the only reason I show that, number one, for some levity, we're going to go into some hard down here. Number two is because this is the choice we make. We either receive this, guys, or we don't. And really, it's a choice we make day to day to day. So if God has removed him from us, literally removed him from us, as far as the east is from the rest, the west, I want to challenge you with this today. You have no right to obey this scumbag brain of yours. Do you understand? When scumbag brain of yours wants to go over these things, here's what you do. You grab the remote control that only you have and you turn the channel in your brain. Who controls what you think about? There you go. But that's like news to people. Oh, wait. Yeah, I can choose not to think about that. I'll tell you something that happened last night. This is weird. Saturday nights are not good for me. I don't know what it is. I'm not going to over-spiritualize it, but I don't really sleep. And it's just bad things happen Saturday nights. If you're, if you're the praying kind, feel free to pray for me. But there's this one place in my mind that whenever I'm there in my dreams, it's always torment. And it's not like a place of trauma for me or anything. But I literally said this. I woke up last night, 3.30 in the morning. I said, all right, whenever I'm there in my dreams again, I'm out. I'm never going to go there again. Even in your dreams? Yes. And so I, met, I imaginarily, I don't care, call me weird. I imaginarily <laughs> put up balloons around this place going, this is a trap. And so it's a metaphor for us. Whenever you start thinking this about your body, whenever you start thinking this about your past, get out. Get it? Jump out. Bounce off of it. It's forbidden territory. Just like I said about putting up boundaries with people, right? Boundaries show what you value. Put up a boundary in your mind about what you think about yourself and your past. This is what you do. When you think about your failures, you say this. I confessed it to God. It's his now. I'm not taking it back. Out of bounds. Get it? Out of bounds. And if you do that enough, you get to the point where you'll realize I've set a boundary around loving myself and forgiving myself well. And when you get outside that boundary, something inside of you will go, nope. And you'll jump right back. Oh, wait. I don't get to beat myself up anymore. That's good, right? Let's do that. Let's do that. So in marital counseling, we talk about this. Hang with me, guys. It's halftime. Okay. Uh, it's Super Bowl Sunday after all. Okay, so listen. In marital counseling, here's what we'll talk about. We'll say things like this. I've told you this three weeks ago. We'll sit in there and go like this. Did you know that you can set a boundary in your marriage where we no longer yell at each other? Agreed? Yes. Agreed? Yes. Both corners have agreed. They're no longer going to be allow yelling in their home. Do both corners agree to not name call anymore? Agreed? Agreed. Boom. Just set up a boundary. Do you know you can set up a boundary inside of yourself to not think negatively about yourself anymore? Did you know you can do that? I'm such a, eh, time out, the whistle blows, flag on the play. She's about to say something she's not able to say, says the Lord Jesus Christ who actually made you. She's about to call herself something she's not. Eh, stop. Just stop. Okay? That's all you do. You just push the brakes, move on to something else. That's th- that would be a good enough message in and of itself right there. And there's your application. This week, I want you to keep track of all the times you either use your words to say something negative about yourself or you spend time in your brain. 
and stop, acknowledge what God has done, and realize it's out of bounds. I'm going to love me better. Kirk, I'm going to give myself the grace I give everybody else. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to give it to God, and I'm going to say, Lord, help me to do that. Cool? Moving to our third and final and hardest point. Yeah, well, I had a lot to say there. My gosh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Not on this picture. I don't have it on this picture. No, you know what? I do. I'm going I'm to make this my own. You ready? I want to make this my own. It's starting to look like an eye or something silly, but I'm, I'm just trying to circle the whole cross. So there you go, right? It's not some weird pagan symbol, I promise. It just frames the whole thing, okay? You know what frames this whole thing? The state that we live in with how we react to God with all three of these things. In other words, there are some people in this very room who are working on this, even working on this, even working on this, but long ago they put God in prison for something he did or didn't do in their lives, and they haven't forgiven God. Now here's where I could really be out of line, and I want to walk really carefully, because I don't want to ever give the impression that we ever have the right or that God would ever need to apologize to us. The other side of that coin is I never want to minimize people's suffering. Never want to minimize people's suffering. Do you understand? So let me walk this balance out as best I can. Give me a little grace. Okay? Forgive if I bring a grievance. But I, I, I really need to focus on this. There have been times in my life where something big happened. Uh, and God didn't do, that's one of the reasons I told you the tooth story. I know it's small, but when God allowed something or didn't intervene or something blew up and I turned and I put my finger in God's chest and I said, where were you? Where were you? You didn't take care of me. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't want to get too crazy, but that's what I did the morning Tuesday. It was a July 20th, 10 years ago when dad died. Uh, what? Where were you? And this rift just cracked around all of this. And I was working on this, this, and this. But all of a sudden, I threw God in prison and said, well, you didn't do your job. You failed me. You know what I mean? And, 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 and here's what happened. And here's what we've discussed. And I gave some, a similar message two years ago. <clears throat> okay, so, so, so we all have like this, this like river of God's love and blessing and, 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 and peace in our lives. And when we, we have God in prison for something he did do or something he didn't do that we thought he should have done, it's a big boulder that gets planted in the middle of it. And it stops the flow of blessing. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Everything else stops. It's like when you don't water a plant anymore. And it's still there. It's still a plant. It's just barely surviving. It's drooped over and it needs fresh water. But the plant has chosen to say, no, I cut you off, river of life. And that's exactly what it is. We put God in prison. And again, this is touchy because he's all-powerful, all-knowing. He cannot learn, okay? He cannot make a mistake. Our struggle is this, and I showed it to you before. We are dust, right? We have a perspective that we see through. And again, I want to, please, disregard my mannerisms. 
We have a perspective we see through. We can never see the full story. We can never see the cosmic balance, the ramifications of, of an answered prayer or an unanswered prayer. We can't. That's why our lot in this world as ants to the sun is to trust. That's it. And I can't, I don't know why, guys. And trust me, I've heard some of the worst, most disturbing stories that comes with the territory where they, I almost feel like they had a right to say, where were you? You, you watched that happen. You, you, you didn't take care of me. I'm not coming at you today. I'm not, okay? I'm not doing that. But what I want to say is this. When we throw God in prison for something he did or didn't do in our lives or something he allowed, we then stop growing. Because while we think we're putting God in prison, it's us who sit down and stop walking. Anybody ever met someone like that? I'll tell you a story about my Aunt Betty again, because you know what? God bless her. She's hanging out with Jesus right now. We had her funeral here, what, two summers ago. Aunt Betty did that, guys. And she won't mind me telling you. No, actually, she'd be beaming in heaven that people would, 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 would hear this and grow. So 40-some years ago, Aunt Betty lost this person, that person, this person in her life. And at that time, she had a relationship with God. And she told me straight up from her mouth to my own. She said, I couldn't understand why that happened. And so I just said, I'm done. Grr, clink. God, you're in prison. You're guilty of not taking care of me. Right? And you know what she did from there? Nothing. Nothing. She remained the same person she was at that moment. Do you see what I'm saying? So the, the river of, 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 of blessing and growth and all this stuff that we're talking about, the th same thing you're feeling right now and online. I'm feeling growth inside of me. This guy's talking and wisdom is coming inside of me. My, my perspective is starting to change. Ground right to a halt. That's what happens when you throw God in prison. Nobody's coming at you. I would sit by your side and cry with you. That's my job. As a person. I don't mean as a pastor. As a person. And I almost would agree with you. Some of those things but I just know what happens to the, uh, the, the offended, the wounded person. They just continue to bleed. Because here's what happens when we do this, guys. We walk away from God and the life lived with God, that option, because we feel like we have a right to how God did or didn't do his job. And in the wake of the loss, the hurt, the grief, the memory, the torment, the trauma, that's number one, we walk away from our life, live with God. But number two, we walk away from the one person who wanted to heal them from this. The reason I bring this up, guys, and please just listen to me, and I mean this seriously, is when we sit in that office and we touch this spot, and every time you touch it, there's waterworks, and that's the right response. When this gets dealt with, instantly things start to grow in people's lives. Holy Spirit is allowed to come right back in and guess what? Life. And the burden is gone. And the trauma, that night that you couldn't believe that that happened to me, the power of that is removed too. Forgiveness comes here. It goes here. It's even there. But it all is powered by the relationship we have with God. If you lock God in prison, this is just, right? Do you see what I'm saying? It, it can't happen. It'll happen to small little incremental things. I don't want to start calling things out, guys. I want you to just be brave and pull things to your, to, to your mind and realize if I let God out of prison, the rest of this will flow. And that very wound that I was punishing God for will be healed. It will absolutely be healed. I said sometimes I, 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 wish, I wish I could share some of the stories of watching, watching these sort of things happen. But let's, watch it how, let's look at how this cycle happens. Here's what happens when we throw God in prison. Um, I'll try to 
put it up, maybe, because I know they, they're not going to be able to see it online. What we have is we have a belief at the top. <laughs> wow. A belief at the top, expectation, behavior, result. This is very commonsensical how your brain works. So when dad died, here's what happened to me, unfortunately. I took on the belief that God could not be trusted. Oh, I wouldn't admit it to you. No way. But in here, I had that belief. That influenced my expectations. Guess what? I stopped asking him for things that I should have trusted him with and started doing it on my own. And I started to act out of that. And then when the results fell and I didn't get what I wanted because it was all my own efforts, it just reinforced the belief that God could not be trusted. The program that I use loosely is called RTF, Restoring the Foundations. Just a little shout out to that uh, group. And the reason I believe in it so much is because I went through it like seven years ago. What Restoring the Foundations is, is basically, it's spiritual surgery. It's trauma surgery. Some of you in this room have gone through it, and, and you're not the same person. No one ever is. We walk in there and just go, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? There was a questionnaire to start this program, and it said this. Like, my mom is, my dad is, my sister is, uh, my relationship with God is. And so you just fill these things out. It's for the counselors to get an idea where they're at. And one of the things said this. I can trust God because... And I was like filling it out and I got to there and I went. And I couldn't fill it out. And I'm telling you, I, I, I cried like a baby. I hadn't faced it. I had got in prison not just for dad's death, because actually this was before dad's death. I had got in prison for the fact that my life didn't turn out the way I thought it was supposed to. I was supposed to have this career by now. I was supposed to have this. I was supposed to have that. I was supposed to... Kids, the, the money, the house, and that broken relationship. What was that? Where were you for that? And my hand just trembles above the page going, I can trust God because I can't trust God. I can't. And I wondered why everything else would short-circuit in my life. Right? Everything else short-circuited in my life. Those words were no longer true. I'm just picking a song here. The one we sang. We sang, blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful. When the streams of abundance flow, blessed be your name. I wasn't blessing his name. When things were going well, it's because I did it. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. No, because I shouldn't be in the wilderness. I shouldn't be in the desert place. I can't trust you. So there was no blessing of God's name. Do you understand? And the relationship I had with God became farther and farther and farther and more distant away because he didn't do what AJ thought he should do. And again, nobody's coming at you. One thing I said that you might not have, um, you might not have heard was when we do this, when we put God in prison, we forfeit the life that we could have had walking beside God. Do you see, you ever, you ever watch a movie? What's a good movie like this? Click is a good movie like this. Um, there's a couple other good ones where you see like the path of someone's life. Oh yeah, oh, George Bailey, the epitome of it all. George Bailey sees the path of his life that could be. He sees the way it could be this way and it's dramatically different. Can you, and that's just a movie. Can you imagine, just picture, 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 picture. It's early, it's, it's early, in, it's January. Picture the next five years of your life walking hand in hand with God. Now picture the next five of your years of your life not. Don't. Don't do anything. Don't go anywhere near him. What do you feel inside of you? Which one's the blessed, better? It feels yucky to think of letting go of his hand, doesn't it? Well, little but lost. That's a great one. Scared. Me, I would be wrapped in fear, in anger, in addiction. I would just, yeah, I just walk... 
Y'all, he doesn't have to send anybody into torment. We torment ourselves. We walk right there. In our own lives, in our relationships, whatever. We jack it up. Aunt Betty then, 40 years later, this is the end of the story, 40 years later, Aunt Betty all of a sudden showed up with mom. By the way, how many, how many of you know a simple invite to church can be just what God's doing in someone's life? Just keep that in mind. Bonnie invited her. <laughs> her niece. And Aunt Betty walked in, right? Swore never, she never would. And she did. And she did again and again and again. And about, she connected. Next thing you know, I'd look down, worshiping, and she'd be singing. Remember? Next thing you know, crazy situation happens. She fell out of bed, remember? And they had to do a check sex ray. Oh, there's a tiny little smidge of cancer in it about the size of an eraser. <laughs> How do we catch that? Says the doctor. Come on, that's you. You write that into a medical story, right? Falls out of bed. Best thing that could have happened to her. She gets many more years in her life. It was a few more anyway. And next thing you know, she starts walking through some other health problems. We didn't know it at the time, but she was rounding the final season of her life. And can I tell you, she glided through that final season of her life, didn't she? What would have destroyed her and made her, she had peace. She had everything Psalm 23 talks about. And she died well, can I tell you that? Aunt, huh? What? No, I don't. Did she? She saw a lion face in the window in the hospital? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. She said there was a lion trying to get in the window. I don't even know that she knew enough about the Bible to know that Jesus is called the Lion of the Tribe of Judah. Um, yeah, we, I went in and prayed over her the day before she passed. And it was a jovial room, guys. This was not someone who was afraid. This was someone who knew she was going to go into the arms of Christ Jesus. But can you imagine, Bill, if she had never let God out of prison? It never would have happened, right? It never would have happened. So let me, let me start to land the plane here. I got to tell you one more thing about this. I'm not minimizing anybody's pain but I want to speak the truth because that's what you trust me to do. These things will believe us. These, these things will lead us to the fact that we start to believe God doesn't care, that God can't take care of me. I won't expect him to take care of me, blah, 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 blah. But worse than that, guys, when we keep God in prison, and again, this is going to be harsh, but you trust me to be real, we do exactly what the people who killed Jesus are doing. And, and I know it sounds harsh and churchy, but listen, he didn't do what they wanted him to do. He allowed things in their lives that they didn't want. He didn't prevent things that they felt he should prevent. So they put God on trial and they found him guilty of not serving them. I know it's a, uh, it's a harsh thing I just said, but isn't it true? So creator God, who said to the moon right there, Venus, Saturn, sun, darkness, light, all sorts of animals. And he said, you ready for this? This is so harsh. He said, moon, come. Saturn, come. Light. AJ, no. AJ, no. All because I judged him guilty. Isn't that true? The very dinosaurs answered to him. The, 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 the earth said, yes, I'll spin. The, the ocean said, okay, I'll be this deep. But AJ said, no. I'm not coming. I'm angry at you for what you didn't do in my life. And God goes, you're only hurting you. You're, you're hurting me, yes. It hurts my feelings. Just as much as it, you ever try to reach for your kid and they snub you? That sucks every time, doesn't it? You're like, you little 
turns into anger for me. <laughs> Come here, you little <laughs> no hug. How about a whacking? Um, it hurts every time. It does. But truth be told, truth be told, we're hurting ourselves. So let me let me do this. We're, I could talk a lot longer about this, guys. But here's what we can choose to do. Here's what we can choose to do. This is not a simply. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to do this. No, listen. I have God has writ, written a remedy for this. Psalm 142 calls it this, pouring out your complaint. Some of us come from systems where we think we cannot be real with Father God. Remember what I acted out before? (gasps) Oh, she's mad at me. He's not shocked. Say it and get it over with. Pour out your complaint. But God, I'm going to say things that wound. Get it done with. I command you to not let the sun go down in your anger. Even toward me, you guys. Right? Get it out. Pour out your complaint. Don't you see David doing that in the Psalms? Don't church it up. How long? My enemies are chasing me. Where are you? Right? Center the Bible if you don't believe me. Center the Bible. Read your Psalms or Proverbs. How long? How come we couldn't have? How come she died? Do it. Get it done with. Pour it out. He's a safe place to pour out your complaint. Because if you're not, you know what you're doing? You're just sitting there letting the poison stay. And that's what it is. What do we always say, guys? Not forgiving is drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. It's the same with God, you guys. Or what are you doing? Expecting God to change? Guys, I know this is hard, but what happened to you happened. Lots of folks, they sit and they go, I want to change the past. Let that go. You cannot do that. That's, a, that's something the enemy does. They say, I want to change the past. I want to get back those wasted years. Whatever. No. I want to change the way God relates to humans. No, you can't. The only thing you can do is pour it out. If you cry, he can handle it. If you scream, he can handle it. I bet you he can even handle it if you use some cuss words. <gasps> Just get it out. Don't act like you're tough or not wounded. You are. Pour out your complaints before the Lord. He can handle them, guys. He's a safe place to... P- This needs to be acknowledged. Only by something being acknowledged can it then be released. Or the way I used to say it is this, ready? God can't use wounds. He can use scars. Come on, that was good. Amen. It has to become a scar to be useful. Because then you hear the stories of other people, like Aunt Betty, who allowed their wound to become a scar. And it becomes their testimony. But God cannot use wounds. Freak out, grab the steering wheel, Cry if you need to, but pour it out. Acknowledge that you're judging God is guilty of not taking care of you, and then let him out of prison. So this is it for me, guys. I'm done for today. I want to tell you the rest of my story, though. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. I didn't say it. I'm quoting the Bible. So even though what I felt was that he couldn't be trusted, that he didn't take care of me, that he's not good because of this, this, and this, I chose to stop looking at that or change the channel, if you want to use the same metaphor I used before, and start looking at things like we looked at before. Higher than the heavens is his love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love keeps no records of God, wrong. God is love. So love, God, God is patient. God is kind. He, I started to focus on what he says about himself and not what I felt. And all of a sudden, the scale went like this. And then there came a time... When something went down in my life, well, I'll tell you what it was. I'll tell you, it was when we lost one pregnancy and then a second pregnancy that was twins. All of a sudden, bam, and the old ghosts were there to haunt me. See, I told you. 
I told you, hey, I know you're not hurt anymore over your dad, but you can't trust God to start a family, to do what's best for you. And I almost stepped on that treadmill. You ever, you ever step on a moving treadmill? And I went, wait, 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 wait. And you can ask Melanie. Instead, I printed out all his promises on that specific subject. And I knelt by her bedside for nine months. And then we greeted Hurricane Alex. He's good whether we had him or not. That's not the moral of the story. The moral of the story is I was tempted to, and it would have destroyed me. Talk about steal, kill, and destroy? My joy? My future? That would have been the next five years with no hand-holding of God, right? Getting back on that. But instead, I chose to believe what God said about himself. We're done. I know that was a long one, guys. This is where you start. The forgiveness he's given you, the acceptance that you have, just as you are. Even after I'm saved? Yep, just as you are. You're then commanded to forgive others, to stay in a place of forgiveness. Walk in wisdom. That doesn't mean you become a punching bag. Walk in wisdom and forgive. Babysit how you forgive yourself and give yourself grace. But above all things, I baited and switched you. Go check that big prison deep in the basement and make sure God's not in there for not behaving or not being the God that you wanted. All right? I know it was a hard one today. I'm going to trust that you will go in prayer and, and you, will, you will search this out. I'm not going to lead you in prayer today. It's a very, very personal thing. So thank you for joining us online. We'll see you next week.